0: This is a conversation with Heather Makalani. She's an actor, singer, dancer, popularly known for her work as an understudy for Princess Jasmine on Aladdin, the musical on Broadway. In this conversation, we discuss how life imitates art. We compare living on the island of Guam versus living in New York City. We talk about performing on Broadway, different acting styles, the challenges of being an understudy. And we also get to see some of Heather's really fun impressions. This is no time. If you like what you see, then do hit subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. This project runs on the fuel of your love and support. So if you like to see it continue, do consider making a donation on Patreon, Instagram, Anchor. Pick your poison. If not through minority channels, then do consider sharing these episodes. Your likes and your comments and your shares, they really, really, really go a long way. For other forms of love and support, you can follow this channel on Instagram or Twitter or follow me personally. And now. It's no time. How it must feel to go racing wherever you please. Flying as free as a bird with its tail in the breeze. (laughs) Even the fish in the sea must be longing to fly. Catching a glimpse of a strange and white racing by. From the day you sang these words at your audition for the Western Australia Academy of Performing Arts. Oh my god. All the way to today as a cast member for Aladdin. Mm -hmm. How often do you get the feeling that your life is imitating your art? Yeah. From that day when you sang about waiting for life to begin, as a woman once from an island, all the way to Aladdin, which is the story about this talented individual from a small community who ends up infiltrating the big world. How often do you get this feeling that the stories you're performing on stage have this uncanny resemblance to your own life? Yeah. How often does your life imitate your art?
1: I think it always does. Um, I think your life, wherever you are, and you're a certain point in your life, it reflects your art because. You may be going through a tough time and sometimes when you do a certain song, it, it touches you in a different way because of where you're at in that specific part of your life. Sometimes you're in a really high place in your life and another song like r- resonates in a different way. Um, so I I feel like it always does. Um, you did re- your research. That's really good.
0: I, I told you, I don't know. <laughs> I highly intoned for this.
1: Um yeah so I, I actually thought about this on the subway ride over. I was thinking about like me being Jasmine as well. I feel like I relate to that character because um her storyline is she she feels that she's trapped inside the palace and she hasn't experienced anything new and you know, and she decides to go against her father's wishes and take a leap, and she goes out into the marketplace for the first time. She knows that that's strictly prohibited, but she does it anyway, and she wants to experience life and everything it has to offer. And I feel like that res kind of resembles my life as well. Um, growing up on the Island of Guam there, there is no professional music theater industry there. When I was living in Guam, I was uh, singing at weddings. I was a wedding singer. I was also in a cover band and I Four was, day. Yes. Casa Forte. Nami. Yes. Represent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was in a cover band called Forte and, um, we would gig at bars and I was getting paid $80 to sing for three and a half hours. And I didn't have any vocal technique at the time too. So sync, trying to compete with a live band, like my voice would be dead by the end. Like, uh, yeah. So I feel like life does imitate art <laughs> in that way. Um,
0: yeah that's very interesting you also brought the palette between the role of Jasmine itself and yeah. your own life I only picked the biggest examples but there's so many in your life which is why I wanted to ask you this question I believe you were auditioning for a project once and you sang hopelessly devoted mm-hmm. and then for the audition process for that project itself it, I think you couldn't make it to like the final stage and then you ended up messaging the producer and the director and you were so hopelessly devoted to the project itself that the yeah. were there within your life itself there's there's some resemblance there. Yes, but if, but you, if you have this connection stories, I highly recommend stay away from horror movies. I don't think uh, yeah. I just
1: watched a horror movie last night, and I was like, this is not but, for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you should be acting in any of them. Let's if no. you have this connection, you know what, let's stay away from it. Yeah, but to just to expand on the song that you chose that day for the audition, "Waiting for Life to Begin," and you touched upon uh, how it connects to you growing up in this island of Guam. You spent the first 21 years of your life on the island of Guam. And like you mentioned, it's like your own little island, arguably away from the real world, in quotes. And when you moved out of Guam, after some time you spent in Australia, you decided to move to New York City. Which is this center of the world, the Big Apple, big, noisy, crowded, chaotic, complete opposite of an island life. Waiting for life to begin. how How do you view it? When you look back now, was the life that you spent on Guam, on that island... Was that the dream and the life that you live in New York City? Is that the real life with these real problems? Or do you get the feeling that the life that you lived on Guam, that was a real life and living in New York City, performing on Broadway, doing this for a living. This is the dream.
1: Uh, I feel like it's a bit of both. Because now that I've experienced New York City, I, um, I see the things that I took for granted in Guam, like living in an island. And then when I'm in Guam and when I go back and visit Guam, I I miss New York City, too. You know, there's so many beautiful things about New York City, but it's also a crazy tough city as well. Um, Yeah, there's there's moments where I do think I take where I'm at for granted sometimes because you kind of lose sight of it when when your dream becomes your job um, and you do it every day, it kind of it almost loses its shininess that you had when before you got the job, before you got that that dream gig, um so there's moments where I do have to step outside of myself, and you know sometimes that's just me like looking at the the bare theater without any seats in it or without any people in it, and then I see this huge theater like filled with two thousand seats, and I'm like, oh my gosh this is this is where I want it to be, and then in that moment, it brings me back to myself of like I get to get paid to do what I love, like this is exactly what I wanted. Um, and my parents always told me to chase my passion and not my paycheck. Uh, I say that a lot, um, because I feel like there's a lot of, um, parents that don't do that. It's all about stability. You know, like everyone wants their kid to be like a doctor, a lawyer, uh, in finance, whatever. Um, and luckily my parents were like, you want to sing and dance? Great. And I think it's because they believed in me as well. And they, they saw that I had talent. Um, so yeah, it definitely, it's it's a it's a bit of both to summarize that. Did I answer that correctly? You did answer, <laughs> and
0: you also gave me uh, at least 10 more questions to ask. Oh, so, yeah, okay. This is going to take a while. Yes. But, but let's break it apart. So, okay. So it's a bit of both. Let's start with New York first. Yeah. When you heard that you got a role on Aladdin on Broadway, you were in Australia at that point, and you had some time off, so you decided to go on a road trip.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my God. during
0: that road trip when you're in the middle of the australian bush right in the middle of nowhere one night you were looking at the stars and you had this voice in your head that said new york yeah implying that you're probably scared not ready for it yeah so what is your relationship i'm going to ask this again what is your relationship with new york city do you get the feeling that now you have squashed that fear that you're finally ready for it you did touch upon it as well in your previous answer or do you get the feeling that being a new yorker chaos uncertainty confusion? Um, uh, all of these work hand in hand always every single day as long as you're a New Yorker.
1: Um, in ways, I think that I did kind of crush that fear. Um, but I think that comes with just time in general. Um, not necessarily where you live. Um, and I think it's it's a time with yourself and belief in yourself and knowing your worth and your value as an artist and as a person. Um, and I think that's something that grows over time, the more you audition. Uh, and I also think like the self-belief is stuff that is also something that will ebb and flow as well, you know? And I think as an artist, you put a lot of your worth in like how much you work. And that's not always true. Like some of the most talented people I ever met, they're not always booking the next gig, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily, um, define your talent. And because, um, music theater is a business and Broadway is a business. Um, it kind of turns into, um, yeah, your value is based on your productivity and like what you're booked and what you're doing. But that's, like I said, that's not always the case. Um, So, yeah, there's moments where I have to tell myself just because I didn't book something doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. Or, you know, like it just means that that project wasn't for me. And because there's just there's so many elements out of your control as an actor. All you can do is what you can control. You go in, you learn the song, you do it to the best of your abilities. You try to perform it as yourself or whatever character you found through yourself. And then if that's not good enough or if that's not what they're looking for, that's literally out of your control. So that's something. Yeah, that's when you have to rely on your self-worth and what you believe in as yourself. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry, Am I'm I sorry. making you nervous? I'm sorry. <laughs> Ugh,
0: damn it. No, all it's this, okay All this, all like, this. Why are you so intimidated? <laughs> Sorry, please.
1: Um yeah. Yes. Um it's
0: not in your control. It's yeah. not
1: in your control. Yes, no. including that. But New York City is also very scary, and um, when I first moved here, I had the biggest audition anxiety, like to the point where I almost considered walking out before I even got called to go into the audition, because um, you just hear "no" so many times, they tell you that um, being an actor, you ever, for every 100 auditions, you book one. And so in Australia, the um, industry is a little bit different in the sense of it's just a lot smaller than. Um, New York City. And there's there's hundreds and thousands of performers here in um, New York City because everyone wants to come here. Everyone wants to make it. Australia, there's there's hundreds of thousands as well. But like the industry is so much smaller, like I know almost every other person of color in the music theater industry there. It's there's just so much less people there. Um, and also the amount of shows that come in and out of Australia, there's maybe five or six major productions that audition every year or two. Whereas in America, I was having auditions two to three times a week. Like, and so I was not used to that. And then two to three times a week, imagine hearing, no two to three times a week, every week, you know, you're like, Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I must suck. Like you, you, you start reflecting it on you. You're like, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not, fit enough I'm not tall enough I'm not whatever wide enough brown enough like you know and then you start thinking about that but then you just have to pull yourself out of that and be like it's not about that you just have to keep working on you like am I doing my best am I going to classes am I um, performing this song to the best of my abilities you can only do your best every time you go in and, and if that's if that's what you did then that's all you can do <laughs>
0: Thousands of follow-up questions. You know what? <laughs> Sorry, I, I like
1: went on a rabbit trail. <laughs> and
0: you know what? I'm going to follow you on the rabbit trail. Okay, let's do. Okay, let's do this one first. So you said a lot of things are not in your control, right? When you were in Australia and you heard that they were casting for the role of Princess Jasmine for Aladdin, you had this feeling that this is the role for me. Like I'm born to do this. And you spoke about not having things in your control. How often do you get this feeling that? It's not the actors who choose their roles, but rather the roles that choose the actors in the sense that there is a perfect role out there for every single person. And rather than chasing roles that probably don't feel right, it's like love at first sight. Like there's a role out there for you. All you can do is work on yourself, work on your skills, be ready for that opportunity when it comes knocking on your door. Is that how you feel it is?
1: I think so. And when, when you get scripts given to you, you can like read through it. And there's always times where you're like, I get this character. I I totally understand. And then there's other roles that come on your table and you're just like, um, I'm going to do my best (laughs) with this. And I'm not sure how this character is feeling in this moment, but like you, like I said, all you can do is just do your interpretation of it. And if that's what they're looking for, great. And if not, then, you know, but yeah, I totally agree. I think there are roles that are, 100% 100% for you, and maybe some are a bit of a stretch. Um, and sometimes that's a good thing. Like you, it's a stretch, but then you can see yourself stretching into that character. And if anything, that makes you grow more as a performer as well. Yeah.
0: You also spoke about hearing no so many times and how you need to have that self belief, especially in this city. Mm. As someone who has made her profession around something she loves, something I you were born to do is it important to find like a second hobby or a passion that's completely decoupled from what you do? Yeah. Because you've made your, the thing you love the most, your profession, of course it comes with all the trinkets that are, so you might hate it someday because of maybe the timings or the long hours. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: is it very important for all artists or performers out there to find something that's completely different and that they can find joy from it. That is not monetized in any way mm-hmm. so that they can just keep it for themselves.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, when I was younger in this industry, and a little bit more naive, I kinda went into the industry with blinders and and I think uh that's what produces burnout when all you do is just focus on getting the job, getting the job um and I actually find that I'm more fulfilled when I have other things to focus on and also um some people may think that that's incorrect because you're not doing a hundred percent to your goal, but I also think um Another very valuable thing of being an actor is if how well well rounded you are. Because the more well rounded you are, the more roles you can play, the more life um, experience you have, and then the more understanding that you can get of certain roles. Um, can I ask you a question? Then? Yes. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no.
0: What do you think is a better teacher for acting? Is it life, or is it like going into a studio and learning the actual skill sets, methods, and techniques, or even yes. just going out there in life and experiencing life itself will make you a much better actor. Yeah,
1: I think life for sure. There's so many actors that um, have had no, inexperien- or no experience and they're so natural on the camera. Sometimes the more you know, it's uh, almost hinders you because you think about technicalities. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, there's the camera. I need to face this way and that way instead yeah. of just being like, uh-huh. you know, for example, us right now, when we're talking, I've completely forgotten that the camera's there. There's life and and conversation happening right here and maybe somebody who is a bit more of aware the camera will be like yeah and then you know like putting on something
0: how your body faces yes projecting yes and there
1: there is skills to that but at the end of the day i think life yeah for sure
0: okay yeah yeah
1: (laughs) life experience i want to see the
0: comments on that didn't want (laughs) come for me i don't care (laughs) you took me down this rabbit hole but i'm going to pull us back we were talking about guam in new york and mm. which is the dream and which is the real life so we did touch upon new york let's talk about guam okay if anyone listening to this is going to visit guam in the near future what is the one place that they have to visit on that island and why
1: one place Ooh, that's tough
0: any tough questions on this one <laughs> yeah.
1: that's tough because guam is so unique but
0: let's... i make it two if that makes it easier
1: oh two yeah makes okay.
0: it even harder probably
1: Hmm. I'm going to say tomorrow village Uh, tomorrow village is, I don't actually know if they still do it since the pandemic, but pre pandemic every Wednesday night, it was like a big barbecue slash um, uh, there's a bunch of stores and they have cultural dancing there and it's kind of catered towards tourists, but then I used to perform there as a kid too. Like um, this little um, concrete stage, that's maybe like 15 by like, 10 feet and start
0: somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, (laughs) um, it's just, it's a nice way to get a little bit of everything in a short amount of time on Guam. You get the local food, you get to a lot of locals go there and tourists go there. There's cultural dancing and, um, shops. So I feel like that's one place you always have to go. Um, another place, um, if you're into hiking, Sigua falls, um, And because it's a little bit of a difficult hike, it maybe takes two and a half hours to get there. And it's like downhill and then uphill and then downhill to get to this beautiful waterfall. Um, And it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and you feel really accomplished once you get there. And then once you've relaxed by the waterfall, you have to unfortunately climb all the way back up. It's so steep. You have to climb this rope to get back up. But it's so much fun. And you're seeing a waterfall, you know, a clean waterfall in the middle of the jungle. So. That's the
0: village and the waterfall. You've covered the item. Yes, yeah. yeah. Something for everyone. What's one dish or one restaurant that you have to try and go on?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's very difficult.
0: Yeah. This question's only getting harder and harder as we go on.
1: Because I'm a foodie, so it... Ugh.
0: You can make it two as well. Again, okay,
1: I'm going to have to... You're
0: gonna, you've used up your lifelines now. That's it. <laughs> that was a last song
1: there's a place called bj barbecue not a lot of people know about it um
0: until now until now
1: i've been going there since i was three years old and it's still open and it tastes the same um they do like hawaiian style uh korean hawaiian style short ribs um kalbi and um the marinade is just it's out of this world it's it's like nothing I've ever had. It's the best Calvi I've ever had. I've had so much Calvi in my lifetime, and I always try to find it as good as that. It's not as good as that. I
0: think the US is also comparison. No. Not at all. no.
1: Okay. BJ's um, BBQ,
0: number one.
1: Number one. I always go there. I always make a point to go there. Um, number two. Let's see. There is a Chamorro restaurant. Chamorro is the indigenous people to Guam. Um, what is it called? Oh, my God. I can see it in my head. Mm,
0: no. McDonald's.
1: No? <laughs> Fun fact, they what? sell spam at McDonald's um, <laughs> in Guam <laughs> because that's like a local kind of staple dish. I'm sorry, we're going to have to pass because I can't remember.
0: I'll edit it in. Okay, yeah. okay. At any point the yeah, just an put a little <laughs> pop-up like right Yeah. Yeah, at this point, don't worry. Okay, so we got BJ's barbecue. Yes. And if people can't get, well, now if you go back and there's like a one hour waiting line, you know why. You know why. <laughs> I'll be like, I yeah. better
1: get some free food yeah. out of this. Yeah, you would win
0: And if not BJ's barbecue, then your mom's tinola adobo. Always winners. I was actually
1: going to say, go to my mom's house. And but not have everyone. Her, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, have her cook for you.
0: But that's number one. We all know it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, number
0: one. Okay, so we spoke about New York, spoke about Guam. Let's now. Dive deep into Broadway. You did take us down the rabbit hole. So let's explore it completely. When Broadway reopened after 18 months during the pandemic, you said the following words. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time, 18 months, feeling lost and purposeless, questioning if I even wanted to continue pursuing this career, whether or not the arts would actually come back. With a quiver deep in my core, last night reawakened my love for theater. You know that feeling when you're doing exactly what you were born to do. Yeah. Easy question for you. Yes. What is that feeling? What do you feel like when you're performing on stage? How profound, how spiritual maybe yeah. is that experience? And what does it feel like to do exactly what you were born to do?
1: It's like indescribable. It's it um it's exhilarating. It's like a rush. It's um it's like it's fear but excitement at the same time. Um it's, it's just like a rush of energy. And um, you also feel the, the energy from the crowd as well. And I think that you feed into that. It just, it's excitement, it's joy. It's kind of like every good feeling that you can think of wrapped into one in a short burst of energy in a moment. I feel like that's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> Lots of follow-up questions. Always. <laughs> Let's talk about the crowd. So you said yes. you feel of the energy of the crowd. Is it possible that if I watch the same show, so let's pick Aladdin, let's say, yeah. watching the same show in the same theater, same actors, same story, everything's the same. You on, asked
1: this question to the, the that's other guy. Right. Yeah, are you ready for the
0: answer? Um, you,
1: am I ready for the answer? Are, are
0: you ready for the answer? Have you been preparing I, it? But the question, I have not, but uh, I thought
1: it was a good question. Well, let's ask
0: it again then. You know, uh, yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Do you get the feeling that if I'm going to watch the exact same show, but only thing that's different is probably the audience and of course the actors mental state on that given day? Right. Do you feel like every single show takes on a life of its own and becomes such a unique experience that even if I were to go back tomorrow, I wouldn't have the exact same experience?
1: I think so, especially if you have actors that are um, uh, very in the moment. There's some actors that are very good at performing the same show all day, every day. And that is a skill in itself. Like. Well I don't think I could do that like I'm okay. very i I love inspiration and spontaneity. That's just who I am, so I feel like the answer is a hundred percent yes the you you feed off of the the audience like sometimes we do a show and you can tell that the audience is listening, but they're just not as vocal as the last audience, and sometimes you see maybe a couple people came from a faraway country and they're jet lagged and they're asleep in the second row. And you're (laughs) like, okay, I'm going to have to perform to that, (laughs) that sleeping person. Um, yeah. And also different theaters as well. I feel like there's different, um, energies and theater energies depending on where you're at. I feel like New Yorkers or people who come to New York, no theater and they're very supportive and they're loud and they, they clap when they really feel something. And there's other places that they're not as vocal, you know, um, and that you can't necessarily say that they hated your show or anything. because that
0: changes the way you perform it. Sometimes because you
1: feel like you're like, Oh man, are they listening to me or do I suck? Because I didn't get a, a laugh there that I normally get a laugh on or, you know, it's, it's also an energy thing. Like you just feel like a static static electricity when the audience is with you at the same time as you. Like that feels exciting. Like kind of like you know when you're on a first date and you you feel like oh I think I like them and I think they like me too. It kind of feels like that. Um, yes. <laughs> so
0: the audience is not to you might probably try to be louder or like sometimes try to be more yeah, with your jokes. Yeah, sometimes
1: yeah. you you definitely have to um, change cause you want to make them with you. So yeah. you try to maybe be a little bit louder. And if you feel like that doesn't, um, change the response, then maybe you pull it back a little bit and mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Okay. A thousand follow-up questions. Like I said, okay. so you spoke about so many different emotions being packaged into this one shot burst when you were describing, but what if we decided to perform on stage? What is your mental state when you are performing? Are you one of those actors who's hyper alert? Who can fix it on like the smallest of details? At that, and you just mentioned like you feed off spontaneity and improvise on the spot. And there are some other actors who get into this, this daze or this trance where, looking back, they don't even remember what they did on stage right, for the last two hours. Right. Which school of thought do you fall in?
1: Um, sometimes can I say both?
0: <laughs> <laughs> minus minus five points. <laughs> no,
1: I I feel like when. You said something about hyper-focusing. Yeah. I think there was a time where I would hyper-focus, like say I cracked on a note for a second and then I'm hyper-focused on that. And then that takes me out of my my now uh, conversation or scene partner work because I'm hyper-focusing on that and I'm no longer here. Yeah. So in in ways like hyperfocusing can be a good thing because if somebody like falls on a line, you can quickly jump in and fix it. And then sometimes you just have to be in the moment and... Not hyper fixate on anything. It's just like, okay, I may have stumbled on that line, but I'm still here with you right now, and I don't. W- I want the scene to keep going. Um, yeah.
0: What about the moments where you said both? Right. So are there yeah. moments where you don't remember what you did on totally, stage. Totally. Totally. And okay. sp-
1: sp- uh, specifically in like sometimes in auditions as yeah. well. Like people will be like, "Oh, how did it go?" And i I'll, I'll be like, "I don't know. It it happened so fast, but it felt good. It felt right. Like I felt like I I knew exactly what." character arc I was going into. I knew what I was saying. I felt in the moment, I felt, um, honest. I felt, um, yeah, there's moments where I I walk out of an audition room and I'm like, I don't know what happened. I don't even remember what they said to me. Like, like, and in the moment they're like, okay, they admit they may give you direction or they may say something funny and you have a little bit of banter. And then I walk out and I'm like, what just happened? (laughs) That definitely happens. Can
0: you explain this further?
1: Can I explain can further? We, uh,
0: can we explore this? I have another oh, question. Oh, sure, sure. When you say that you don't even remember what happened in the audition, has it ever happened to you that you, you're performing on stage and you get this feeling that you're suddenly not in control, but there's like this creative... might be getting too spiritual. Or like no, too, I love that. But like there's this creative force that's taking control of you and like in a way it's using you as a vessel to like express itself.
1: Right. Do you ever get
0: that feeling on stage?
1: Yeah. And sometimes, especially when I'm nervous, I... I will say this is for you or this is this performance is for the audience or sometimes this performance is for God. And I just let it take the reins. And I feel like that relieves the the nerves a little bit um, because I'm also a firm believer in whatever's meant to happen will happen. And in that moment, I feel like I will be guided to to do the best performance I can do, because there are some times where. I psych myself out and I'm right before I go on stage, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm going to, I don't know the, the lines I'm going to mess up. And then I just, I have to let that go and be like, it's okay. I know what I'm doing. I'm here for a reason. And I'm about to walk on that stage and it's going to come out. And then it always does. And yeah. <laughs>
0: Damn. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Another thing I want to check with you is, so you are currently the understudy for the role of princess Jasmine. And this is the role that's, really popular often in the media the principal who gets to play as often in the limelight i want to touch upon some of the challenges of being an understudy yes do you do you find it hard to watch the principal perform the role in a certain way show by show and they have set routines in place they make certain choices and probably that sets firmly maybe on a subconscious level and then when you get to perform it is it hard for you to break those habits and make your make that role your own is that a challenge or is the challenge complete opposite where you maybe face the pressure of deviating from what's so popular and been accepted so far and doing your own thing and making Jasmine your own. Which one is it?
1: Um, I always like to make it my own to a certain extent. Um, because my truth is different to someone else's truth. And the way people say certain lines is truly based on themselves. And there's like I am different to Sonia who plays um, Jasmine at the moment and she's a beautiful Jasmine but we're, you know, we're different people. So we're going to have different experiences and different interpretations of words. Um, but there is also a blueprint for what Jasmine is like, and that is set by the original Jasmine who's Courtney Reed. So they, you know, they, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like a blueprint and you can stray only so much within that blueprint. There are certain lines that you're like, "Oh, I can interpret it this way," but at the end of the day, there is a overall trajectory of what Jasmine should be. So, in that sense, I don't have creative freedom, but there are moments in the show where I'm like, "I know that this personally, I think this line can be funnier said this way or this may feel a bit more personal to me if I say it this way," and I will just at this point in my career, I will do it how I want it. And if if that's not correct or within the realm of Aladdin, then I, I'll get a note from the director and they'll be like, maybe pull that back or, or they'll be like, that's great, you know, and then you also have to not take that personally because you have to have kind of a, a blind faith and trust within the director that they know what's best for the show. You know,
0: is do you feel the pressure of making that choice? e of deviating away from what not, really? not anymore i think when okay. i first
1: um understudied for jasmine because i was fresh out of college and yeah. i just wanted to be good and i wanted to to impress and you know uh and show that i'm, I'm here for a reason <laughs> that, and th- that they they picked the right person to they understudy
0: <laughs> now they know now yeah. they know yeah
1: but now that like i said you know earlier um that you trust yourself a bit more and um you know what you bring to the table so now i i'm very comfortable with uh kind of making it my own a little bit more for sure
0: have you found your princess jasmine yet do you think it's still work in progress do you see your jasmine evolve show by show or do you get the feeling that you've now settled into what it is and probably might change very slightly
1: um i think i I have a general idea of who Jasmine is, but it's definitely, it's morphed over time for sure compared to my very first time I went on for Jasmine to now. And that's because I've changed as a woman and as a human being, you know, and all my life experience in the past five years. Um, How has
0: it changed since the beginning?
1: Um, I think before I played her more naively, and and you know, in wonderment, she's excited to be in the um, the marketplace for the first yeah. time, and that is correct. And I still there is an element of that, but because I'm also a bit, I'm a bit more weathered as a woman <laughs> now. Um, I'm more wisdom, yes, more wisdom. And they also say they always tell us that Jasmine is one of the the wisest princesses out of them all because you know she even says, "What's wrong with a woman running the kingdom? Like we don't need." that like, why can't I marry for love? Like from an early age, she knew that that's what she wanted and that's wisdom in itself. So yes, I think I, I lean more into that wisdom as well. And I'm also naturally a very cheeky person. Like I love being silly and goofy and I think I bring that element to her a little bit. So I feel like that's how she's changed over time.
0: Very interesting. So yes. the, the stage that you are in your own life ends up giving depth. Life reflects yeah.
1: art, my friend. <sighs>
0: did we just start that conversation? <laughs> i can't remember so you've been in hundreds of shows by now is there still one segment that you get the feeling that this is for me like this is for me more than the audience i'm looking forward to it uh, throughout the show or you've done so many shows by now that all of it is just one big experience
1: um i always love arabian nights the very have you seen the show just checking. <laughs> you stole that playbill. Okay, everything's
0: stolen.
1: <laughs> um, oh Arabian God. Nights, because it's uh, it's a very telltale of where, um, or it's very telling where the, where the audience is going with you as soon as the curtain comes up. Because sometimes, as soon as the curtain comes up, people are already screaming. Yeah. You're like, ooh, it's going to be a fun show. Yeah. Or sometimes when um, we come out and dance for the first time, you see people's eyes in wonderment, or you just... Uh, I yeah I don't know I feel like it determines how the rest of the show is gonna be. Interesting. And yeah. I think it's some of the best choreography as well, and the, the costumes, and uh, also I'm in the middle for the silk bit when when I'm in the ensemble, so I'm yeah. like, yes, I get That's to them. perform.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ready for this.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: One more thing I want to check with sure. you is, I believe you were three years old when your family was driving past this hula studio, yeah, and you said that you wanted to enroll. I don't know if this may come as a shock to you or not, but I guess not many Broadway performers have trained in the hula. So
1: that's right.
0: What are some of the unique advantages of training the hula as compared to conventional dance forms that benefit you in your work?
1: Um, well, hula is storytelling essentially through movement. Um, and I think that's kind of why I like um, telling stories as well, because you hula you listen to the lyrics and and we literally you know we do mountains and we do love and like eyes like to the heavens and um it's telling a story and um I think that benefited me uh into where I am now as far as storytelling um other I think it's also good to just be culturally aware as well I feel like a lot of people don't have that and I I learned cultural dance and I feel like jazz ballet and tap like yes that is a culture within itself but it's kind of just fair american european culture essentially um so i'm i'm always thankful that my parents uh kept like culture very alive within me because i think that stands me apart from other people um and what else i
0: have a follow-up question Yes. What are you thinking of the answers yes oh, you spoke about um exploring different cultures as well princess jasmine in australia says royal nappies
1: yes and
0: jasmine in on broadway says royal diapers yes apart from this very important distinction what are the other big differences that you've noticed between the production in australia and new york whether in terms of direction acting theater layouts we spoke about that yeah. audiences how does it differ between the two um
1: like there's moments where they um, make references to uh, like American cities within the show. And in Australia, they would change it to an Australian um, city and that would get a laugh. Um, but honestly, most of it was pretty the same, I think, except the nappies part. And what the audiences, Do you the know? audiences, uh, I I would say they're pretty. Australia has a huge theater culture. So they loved it. They were just as excited and loud and boisterous. Um if anything, I think I strangely saw more kids dressed up as like Jafar and characters in Australia. I don't know if they were just really excited yeah. to see the show or what. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's the connection with Jafar? What's I don't know. It?
1: Some kids <laughs> love Jafar.
0: This is this is what Yeah. This is going to be my next thesis. Why Jafar is so popular in Australia. <laughs> yes. Okay. Before we start winding down, I have some rapid fire questions for oh, you. Boy. For extra points.
1: Okay. Yeah. I love
0: this. For five points, can you do your Jennifer Coolidge impression?
1: Ah, oh, oh, I'm taking the dog. <laughs> dumbass. The gays are trying to kill me. That one's from uh, White Lotus. That's it.
0: You don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Five points. Is that your favorite impression or do you have an impression that you like more than that?
1: Ooh. Oh, my God. Who else? Oh, my God. I, lately, me and the girls have been doing um, Harry Potter.
0: Me and the girls? <laughs> All me and the sudden, girls in it's a collect- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, It's a collective impression the, session. The
1: girls' dressing room. I don't know. We started quoting Harry Potter and okay. um, let's see. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Harry, I can touch you now. i hey. Yeah, thank you. That was wow. a, that's a. Where's the Oscar? Yeah. You know, that's the Voldemort, FYI. He who must not be named.
0: Yeah, but I have the poster. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That was a, now uh, you
1: think I'm crazy. Harry,
0: <laughs> now? Well, no, I would never. I would never. What is your favorite cartoon character impression? Five points.
1: Oh, cartoon character yeah. impression? Yes. Um, voice, voice. Um, okay. Um, Ah! I don't need it. I need it. (laughs) Wait, wait. And then there's a part that goes, a nice cold glass of icy cold water. You know where that's from? I have no idea. I, I'm, I seem crazy right now. <laughs>
0: that's um, uh,
1: SpongeBob when oh, he, he okay. goes to see Sandy in the dome. Have I you ever watched, watched SpongeBob?
0: <gasps> but I know of SpongeBob. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: He goes and visits Sandy in her dome. Sandy is a squirrel who lives under the sea. In uh, She has a, what do you call it, an astronaut suit. But then she has a dome. So she takes off her suit so she doesn't have to be in water spongebob doesn't realize that he's he can't be in water he goes and visits her in the dome and he's trying to look cool and impress her he loses all of his water and she's like you want some water and he's like i'm fine and then eventually he's like i need it and yes that's where that's
0: from look at that (laughs) you just broke down a whole scene from spongebob squarepants yeah unfortunately i never watched spongebob because you like when you're young you like you pick your loyalties, right? Sure, so, uh, sure. Like you have these cartoons that you are going to watch, and that's sure. it. Powerpuff Girls, Texas Lab. That's for me. Oh, okay, that's I it. love
1: Powerpuff Girls. That's that's, that's what love I
0: love. Yeah. So SpongeBob had to take the backseat, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Okay. For five more points.
1: Okay.
0: Your favorite dialogue from the movie Borat.
1: Oh my God! I don't know if uh, that's uh, PG thirteen.
0: Because so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Okay. Favorite dialogue from Borat. He has, uh this is my sister. No. She's number two prostitute in all of Kazakhstan. Very nice. No. He has clock radio. Because I bought clock radio. No. He cannot afford.
0: Seven out of five performance. Unfortunately, this can't air anymore. There are kids <laughs> watching. I don't know. This, this That's the, the to- first. There's
1: worse ones that I can quote. Most but the, I'm not the going. Worst one?
0: Let's go. The only you tuned out now. The kids are not watching anymore. <laughs> go for it.
1: Are you serious?
0: I would never joke.
1: Um... What is uh do you know where I could uh, find that uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable You're alienating my audience I went there, I went
1: there. You, <laughs> you said there. you said to I do it. Wasn't you me- need to X that out.
0: <laughs> wow. Blame it on the player. Anyway. Okay. Seven out of five performance for that. You were crushing it with all the impressions. <laughs> Before we start moving to final questions, okay. I would love it if you can interpret what masterpiece you've been building with the Lego, and maybe you can also interpret what nonsense I've oh, built. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know. For some reason, I have cockatiels at home in Guam. Oh, okay. Um, and this kind of looks like my bird chipper, but I wasn't trying to build him. Wow. He's a yellow cockatiel. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of looks bird like, doesn't it? Not? Yeah. Um, yours. Oh, you, you built a couple. What is this? Wait, shouldn't you tell me what you think it is? No, this is
0: for you. Up to, not like I was building anything in particular.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. This looks like something that they check your ears this, with at ooh, the doctor. That's
0: <laughs> it. That's exactly what I was
1: building. This is this. I don't know.
0: It's also a bird.
1: <laughs> it's also a bird. It's, it's his, his mate. Um, oh, wow. I don't know. This kind of looks like a, an old cash register.
0: I am. I see it now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This.
0: That's it. Let's make it four out of four.
1: I'm going to say this looks like a power plant. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What are the connections? What are the connections? The bird, the cash register. Yeah. The, the thing you okay. check your ears with. Wow. I'm sure. My bird
1: is sick <laughs> because... Because we exploit animals. <laughs> wow.
0: This is just a rhetorical question, but I like it that you are trying to find a story between the, th- <laughs> we that's leave it, it for everyone that's else. It. to find. <laughs> that's, it. that's it, that's it. Say no more. Say the masterpiece no more. will speak for itself. Okay, final questions for you. What are some books, movies, role models that are strongly influenced in your life?
1: Um, I, I, I really am a fan of Zendaya's work. Uh, and she kind of has, she's, she's put her fingers in a lot of pies. Like, you know, she's a recording artist. She's uh an incredible actor. She's done all kinds of movies. She started as a, as a Disney, like yeah. Disney channel. She can dance, she can sing. Um, so I really admire her and she's also like an amazing, like really great at fashion and, uh, no one knows how to dress up and dress down. Like I've I've watched so many interviews of her where she says she's at home and she sits in basketball shorts and I feel like I really relate to that because when I'm not dressed up I'm not dressed up but when I am I am and I I I love her as a role model. Um, I'm gonna say my friend Telly Leung. Um, I met him. He was my Aladdin when I made my Broadway debut here, and he's somebody who's um, you know he's been on Glee. He's he just worked on a TV show in South Africa um, for HBO called Warriors. He's like. In the UK right now, um, starring in a show there, Allegiance. And um, like I had this idea of like what famous Broadway people would be like. And I remember when I met him, he was like, I walked past his dressing room and I was just standing outside of it. And he's like, Oh, yeah, you're you're the new Jasmine understanding. I was like, Yeah, hi. And he's like, Come in, come in. And he was like so personable. He's like, have a seat. And like, um, he's like one of my dearest friends today. Um, so I feel like He's like a role model, but also like a, a friend. And I remember asking him one time, I was like, can you be like my mentor? And he's like, Heather, I'll be your friend. And I was like, yeah. oh, you know, <laughs> tear. Um, so he's somebody that I look up to. I love his career and who he is as a person. Um, movies? Movies. Uh, TV shows. Movies or TV shows that inspire me or just. Yeah. Okay. Um, Favorites. Favorites. L- right now, Last of Us is a favorite of mine. Have you been watching that?
0: I've not. I don't. I stay away from TV shows. Oh, really? Yeah, because you end up binging and. Oh, oh
1: yeah. but you have to. Uh, yeah. The Last of Us. me, <laughs> Yeah. Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. incredible actor. I love. I love people that can do a lot of things. I think I don't ever want to be like a one-trick pony. Um. So I love that he's like done a bunch. He's done Narcos and he's done The Last of Us. He's done all these like very intense, um, action uh, kind of roles, but he's also like very funny. Like he was on SNL and he's hilarious. I don't know why he hasn't done more comedy. Um, yeah. So the last of us, uh, my favorite movie of all time, I'm going to say it's Titanic. (laughs) I'm, uh, (laughs) um, Leonardo DiCaprio is my first, uh, crush. And, uh, I'm just a sucker for romance and like, you know, him, his undying love for Kate Winslet. And like the fact that they're like 20 years old acting in this huge James Cameron movie and they are incredible at 20 years old. Um, very inspired by that. Yes. Quotes. My dad always says chase, chase your passion and not your paycheck. That's something I always live by. And also, um, be bold. My acting teacher said that once and it kind of stuck with me yeah
0: well quotes wasn't part of the question but i like oh that you, sorry
1: i thought you said inspirational you know, quotes
0: you know what add them in there's i'm a not, big uh,
1: quote person yeah so.
0: <laughs> um, well there's the one quote that you like from the subtle art of not giving a fuck right yes that you wait for people wait for the motivation and then take the action but right. you need to take the action first and then the motivation yes. will follow yeah maybe i'll add this as a question next time right inspirational quotes that's a good one okay you're welcome i'll you can invoice me later okay <laughs> Who is the greatest Broadway performer of all time, alive or dead, and why?
1: Oh my god. Uh of all time? Of all time. Of all time. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't actually know. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two. These are the first ones coming to my head. Uh, um, Sutton Foster. I think she's incredible. Uh, she can sing, dance and act. And she's, you know, she's on a TV show and she's also done um, like funny roles and serious roles. So I admire her versatility um, and that she can be employed as a dancer and an actor and a singer. Um Heather Headley, Uh, she, I did the production of Aida in high school, and I binged the soundtrack of her singing um, as Aida, and her voice, just what she can do with her voice is insane, so yeah, her.
0: Which is the greatest Broadway show of all time? Aladdin aside.
1: Greatest Broadway show of all time. West Side Story is pretty great, I think. It's one of those triple threat shows. It's hard to find a show where the choreography, the music, and the book are all at the same level. Usually there's something lacking, but that one, like the script is so good. The, the dancing is incredible. Um, Stephen Sondheim, you know, writing the music. It's insane. Um, I'd also have to say the, the most, the greatest thing I've seen lately, uh, MJ the musical you have to go see that I'm, this is a, not even a plug in for them, but like, it's, I I felt so inspired. I've seen it twice already. And I felt just as excited seeing the second time and what they're doing on that stage is incredible beyond the dancers, the choreography, the guy who's playing Michael Jackson, you feel like you're seeing Michael Jackson. (laughs) It's wild. And the band, that's another show that like every element in that show is at, Peak Broadway standards. Like the the um the set is incredible. The um the band and the, and the sound is incredible. You feel like you're at a rock concert. Um uh the singing, the dancing. It just, I can go on. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay, so the award goes to West Side Story and MJ the Musical. Yeah. Damn, sold me on it. Last two questions. Yes. What would you like your legacy to be like?
1: My legacy. Um I, if I ever get to a point of like fame or quote unquote success, I hope that, um, I'm still just as approachable and silly and I keep my core values the same because all the people that I've been inspired by are people that have done so much and are still so humble. Um, so yeah, that's what I would like to leave. Just being my continuing to be myself. That's a huge
0: legacy to have. Yeah. Last question for yes. you. Yes. What do you think is the meaning of life? Adam, oh
1: my gosh, that's so deep. What is the meaning of life? Um, just being a good person and leaving the world better than oh, how you had it.
0: Are you asking me? No, I'm trying to
1: word it correctly. Okay. <laughs> um, leaving the world a better place than what, what, what is that? What am I trying to say? Uh, you have to leave it better than then you found it. than you entered it in. Yes. yes. Then you found it. Yes. That's what I think it should be.
0: Leaving the world a better place than how you found yes. it. Yes. Or how you entered that's 100%.
1: That's you it. That's hundred percent. There you go. That's what I was. That's
0: the meaning of life. I
1: think that's the meaning of life. Print
0: it on a t-shirt. Start it out. <laughs> it's a great meaning to have. Yeah. Heather, thank you so much. If we want to connect with you online in person, find out what you're up to. Where can they do so?
1: Um, uh, you can find me on Instagram mostly at Heather Makalani um yeah and come see me because i'll be in aladdin till mid-april and then i'm going to be jetting off to chicago premiering a show secret
0: <laughs> come see heather at aladdin heather thank you so much for a great thank conversation
1: you. thank you for having me <laughs>